you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. What an honor it is to serve God and uh, be able to cross, come across your airwaves and be friends with some of you. We always look forward to getting some comments and uh, some different things like that. We're honored by that. And we're honored by those of you who've been with us the whole way. I got a message the other day where uh, a missionary says, I, do you realize that, you know, I've been listening uh, for three years, a little more than three years. Uh, the first broadcast for us was in podcast format was back in March. It was three days after uh, President Trump shut down the country. And uh, God has allowed us to be part of that. And we know by, by no small part, it's through your prayers, through your love, uh, through you guys listening. Thank you for that. Thank you very much. And with me, Kevin, again, out in Pennsylvania, good morning. Good morning. Honored to be here. And, and I just want to point out, I know Kevin would never say this about himself, but, you know, as Kevin does these broadcasts and he's part of them and a big part of all of them for the most part, he's actually sitting in a car outside McDonald's using their internet. And uh, I thank God for his faithfulness to do that. And I thank God for him. So pray for Kevin, pray for his uh, cousin. He's got a cousin who's dealing with some cancer right now, a young lady. God knows her name. God knows what's going on with that. Would you just lift her up in prayer? Continue to lift my sister Francine up. She's in the ICU at Lawrence Memorial Hospital in New London, Connecticut. And we we would just covet your prayers. We'd be honored if you'd give them to us. Yes. We find ourselves in the book of John chapter one. I just wanted to cover a few verses here, actually four. Uh, chapter one, verses nine through 12 today. It says, that was the true light, which lighteth every man cometh into the world. So continuing on from verse number eight, talking about God being the true light. And we, we did draw some contrast yesterday and the day before between those who, uh, you know, used the God's word as the light, use God as the light, are lit up by God. We drew some contrast there. And we want to point out the reason we did that is there's a true light. And that true light is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we continue on with the life of Christ. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Terrible thing. Can you imagine walking the earth with Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and knowing him not? There's at least one who did that. We know that was Judas. And he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believeth on his name. And what a power that is, folks. Just real quickly, the verses we looked at and, and what we're talking about here is we, we look at verse number nine about the true light and saying Jesus Christ is the only true light. He illuminates things. He alone came into this world to do that. Folks, your Savior, our God, uh, the study we're doing right now is about Christ. He's the true light. All others are, you know, they don't even compare. Kevin talked about how our lights were. I had to buy a headlight kit for my Toyota a while back, and it cleaned them up. It kind of made them bright, but they're still off a little. There's only one true light that leads us beyond anything we can believe. We can't make it there without Christ. He was the world, it says in uh, verse number 10. And the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Uh, this is remarkable to me. Every time I read this, it, it says that, you know, he was the world. He himself had created it. And then those of us in the world and the tragic irony here and all that, 
is we didn't get that. People didn't get that right around earth. There's still people in 2023 who not get that. He came unto his own and his own received him not. And it, it just the rejection of Christ, even today by his own people, the Jews, even today by those uh, among us, even by Christians that we called Gnostics that Kevin was pointing out the word there. And even by those people, uh, you know, they, it's, it's just very sad. And, uh, but we, we have to do our part. And then lastly, in verse number 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believeth on his name. So there's a message of hope, I believe, here, Kevin, in verse number 12. It's a, it's a great hope. You believe on his name, and you're granted the privilege and authority to become a children of God. You're granted the authority to have the Holy Spirit of God within you. You're granted the authority to have a transformation take place in you because of God. And uh, that's the only transformation that matters. That's a big deal. It's an opportunity for all of us who believe in him. So when we look at the life of Christ, we got to understand that the life of Christ includes an opportunity, Kevin, an opportunity to be transformed. It includes the true light. It includes the God that created the world, and people didn't pay attention to him. And uh, it includes that even his own received him not, but we can receive him. And when we receive him, brother, man, the transformation is crazy. What are you thinking, Kevin? Mm. Well, there's, yeah, it's that new birth, that transformation that comes when we receive the one who came unto his own. And unfortunately, the choice that's made is to receive or to, or to reject. <clears throat> and, um, you know, we have a Savior, Doug. I was thinking this. We have mm. a Savior who is so wonderful that he came willingly <clears throat> knowing that he was going to be rejected by a large portion of the people that, that he came to help. And it says he came into his own, his own received him not. So why did he come then? He came, you know, to, to find the one sheep that had gone astray, one out of a hundred. Um, it says there that uh, we've been talking about the light. And I mentioned Isaiah 9, 2, prophesied the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them hath the light shine. And according to the New Testament Gospels, that's speaking about the, the realm of Galilee and his where he's from. So when he came, he his, his first ministry was a Galilean ministry. So we're talking about the life of Christ in phases, the Galilean phase after his birth and flight to Egypt and that kind of thing. But that Galilean phase was largely a re, an early rejection, early, you know, early, the, the, the first, we could say the first um, unjust suffering that Jesus received was was done that I know of was done um, in his hometown. He he came into his own, and his own received him not. But what a what an example, Doug. Yeah. So so rejection is is one of the greatest traumas, one of the worst traumas that a person could have. You know, unbequeathed, unrequited love. Um, when you love someone and they say, "Nah, thanks, but no thanks." I got, you know, I'm going to move on. And that that is so painful, and and I'm sure many, many, many of the people listening have dealt with a traumatic experience. Maybe you were in a marriage, and your spouse said you're not good enough, 
I want someone else. Maybe they got hooked on porn and they said, you know, this, you know, I'm uh, this, this is better than you. And you're thinking, oh, I can't compete with that if you're a woman, obviously, or whatever the situation. And and after a while, maybe he said, well, I want to flesh this thing out. And he chose a different person in his life. So that feeling of rejection, you're not good enough, you, you know, performance based acceptance. You, you just don't make the cut. That's terrible. Jesus felt that when he went to his own and his own received him not. They said, "Eh, thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. Uh, in fact, the first message there in the book of Luke, he preached. They tried to throw him off the edge of a cliff. Uh, and that is just, I mean, you talk about trauma. But the great thing is our Savior actually took that and said, you know what? I I factored that in. I'm going to love people anyway. And uh, I was counseling Doug, someone today, and, and I, I just, they, they had been hurt by some people. We talked about forgiveness. And I said, you know, we both agreed, we have to factor in that they may not get right with God, but we want them to get right with God. And that desiring, that, that blessing them, the, in the book of Acts, it says, unto him first as God sent, to, uh, sent Christ to bless you in turning everyone away of you away from your sins or iniquities. And, and so we want people to turn from their sins, people that hurt us. We want them to get right with God, but that's hard. There's, there's bitter times where we don't want them to get right with God. We're like David in the phases of more darkness where we're saying, you know what? I want them to die. Please send them to, you know, send them to hell. I don't want, I don't want to see them helped. But, you know, God brings us out of that darkness yeah. until we say, you know what, um, I I want them to see the light because they deserve it about as much as I do, really. And uh, I've I've been transformed by Christ. Sure wish they would, too. And until uh, till that time, I'm going to go ahead and serve God. Yeah, and there's so many hard things in that. I'm glad you covered that. Uh, there's so many hard things that hit us in life. And then, you know, one of the more challenging things, I think, for folks who, you know, you mentioned them, someone may get hooked with porn and then a marriage may break up. Someone just may uh, leave somebody. I, there's great challenges as a Christian with kids and those types of things and knowing the light. I want to talk about them just for a second. When I come back, I want to give you a story uh, of one, how God used a couple uh, to get the true light and move on uh, with their children. We'll be right back. Hang with us for a second. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. So going back to the verses, we covered the uh, John 1, 9 through 12, talking about Christ being the true light who illuminates every person, even though the world didn't recognize him and all those things. I, I remember, um, you know, Kevin, folks, uh, 
I went to a church and I preached every year. And I remember that there was, uh, in every church has a distinct culture by seating area. They really do, even though there's visitors that come in. Mm-hmm. And you're more than welcome to sit anywhere, don't get me wrong. But you have groups of people kind of sit together and they invite others to sit with them. I'm, I'm not going down a bad road on this seated thing as some do. But I, I remember that there were two couples and boy, God just used them in my heart. Just the nicest people you ever met. Always sitting right next to each other, sharing each other's kids, loving on one another. And I said to the pastor, I said, Pastor, you need to help me with these, with these two couples up here. Are they related? Are they brothers and sisters? I said, how are they so close? And the pastor said something to me that only the true light can do, only God can do. He said, both those couples were married to each other. He said, Doug, he said, the wife over here was married to the husband over here, and the husband over here was married to the wife over there. And uh, the first thing that happened is one of the wives, uh, you know, stepped out with this guy. Life's were ruined. Kids were all over the place. Somewhere along the way, this other woman and man married, and one of the couples got saved. One of the ladies got saved at work, and she shared the gospel with her husband. They came to church. They became great members of our church. They were praying. They were going through discipleship. And one of the wives looked at the husband and said, you know, if we don't get our other wife and our other husband here, we've failed. If we don't lead them to the gospel of Christ. So they literally drove over to the house and shared the gospel and said, listen, we share kids. We share this world. It's important that we share God. And this other couple got saved. And folks, I know it wasn't perfect. I know it wasn't, you know, immediate. It wasn't magic. But over the next five or 10 years, this couple ended up sitting next to each other at church because they both decided we don't want to have to go to different churches. These are our kids. We want them to go to the same church, even if it's our weekend or their weekend or our week or their week. Somewhere along the way, this pastor told me they became great friends. And one time when the husband was on the trip, uh, uh, his wife went in the hospital to have surgery and her former husband came up and held her hand as they took her back for emergency surgery to the other husband got there. And the kids all love one another. They're the greatest example that I've ever seen in my life. And I remember I stopped and took a breath and said, isn't that what we're supposed to be? Isn't that what the true light illuminates in us? That somewhere along the way, we got to put our pettiness, those people who've hurt us, people we've hurt, somewhere along the way, because of the life of Christ. That changes, doesn't it, Kevin? Can't we be like that couple, those two couples? Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking as you're describing that <clears throat> those couples, that um, how how often God comes into a, just uh, a, a, a strange situation and um or difficult situation or something that's been messed up or you know just it's something that's kind of besmirched and and long story short he takes what he has to work with what he has to work with what what's what he has he'll take it and work with it yeah and uh, i was reading in jeremiah chapter um uh, 18 today where it says the vessel that was made by the potter was marred in his hand. So he made it again, another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. So God's eternally, you know, so to speak, I guess not eternally, but God is, while we're on this earth, God is taking what he has to work with. And he is just trying to do the best that's available. We can ruin it. It's besmirched. It's, it's casting a bad light and we get perfectionist in our, view of things where we're like, oh no, it can't be perfect. 
Well, guess what? It's not going to be perfect. No marriage is going to be perfect. No situation is going to be perfect. Adam and Eve had it perfect in the Garden of Eden. It still went bad. The second law of thermodynamics, as ever since then, has been at work. Everything is going to, you know, tend to disorder. And um, God is in the business of kind of re re upping what gets messed up and getting it reset and uh, having a having a path of redemption. But I, I just I'm just thinking about the fact that you know um, I went through a really hard time and there are some you know struggles a situation that came into my family a number of years ago. And I remember saying, this is terrible. I, 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 I've, I've kind of failed. I'm a complete, you know, everything's besmirched, you know, and I didn't, I didn't go off into sin or nothing like that, but you know, there was a situation and, and there was a, and I don't even want to touch on it, but the idea is I went and started reading the Bible in the book of Genesis. I didn't get far into the book of Genesis before I realized the very patriarchs that God set up to cleanse, to, to cleanse humanity. You know, he drew a rivulet off of, of the mainstream of a filthy river called human humankind. And the rivulet was Abraham. Well, as soon as he had kids gone, the patriarchs, their families were a disaster. So, God doesn't put a premium on us wrecking anything or, or, or something becoming ruined, but God does put a premium on making a path from where you're at, working with what you got, and taking it to God. This, the gospel accounts that we're reading, Doug, are, are stories of wrecked lives where people go bring Jesus into the house go get Jesus. Yeah. The woman with an issue of blood. If I can just touch. The hem of his garment. I preached that message, brother, named Gogi Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, the little girl that had died, bring Jesus, go get Jesus, you know, bring him into the house. That's the story of our lives. There's traumas all over the place, but with each trauma, we get gets better when we bring Jesus into it. That's the life of Christ. And we get to experience it. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's it. I think that's, you know, everybody goes around, there's a secret about life, and the secret is Jesus Christ. And the secret is following the true light because there's no reason the hate that existed between these couples is something that I can't even begin to imagine. The hurt, the terribleness, the, and the, boy, the devil wants to make that manifest in lives, Kevin. The devil wants to take our hurt, our distortions, our mistakes, our miscalculations, our whatever, and and multiply that over and over again and remind those people we've hurt, those people who've hurt us, and uh, those things that we've done. The devil wants to continuously remind us, and those of us who suffer from these things like PTSD and depression and, boy, you name it, and, uh, you know, we're apt to want to lay on the couch and give up a little bit. I've been there. And, uh, but then we realize there's a true light out there and somebody needs to go get Jesus and it needs to be us. Sometimes we need to get on our knees and say, in Jesus name, I need you now. I need you in my life. This is making no sense. And I know Kevin's been found there. Everybody alive has been. And I know some of the stuff Kevin's been to been through and, and been to and seen and lived through. And, and I know some of the things that I've been there. I've been there. And folks, the best place to be as we study the life of Christ is go get Jesus. Get on your knees 
and there's some bad stuff in our lives and there's hurt. And there's, can I say something to you? There's some pretty wonderful and great people that have been hurt and they don't deserve the hurt they've got. There's some pretty uh, wonderful people who've served God every day of their lives and they've been hurt. But you know what? That's why we have a Savior. And I can't even begin to understand the hurt that our Lord and Savior went through. He, <laughs> this is his world. Those are his people. And they didn't go to him. They didn't flock to him like they should. And, but we need to. You know what? If we're saved, if we're counted among the blood-bought Christians who've spoke it with our mouth and believed it with our hearts and, 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 and begged for God to save us, save us, boy, he's done it. Well, if anybody needs to be following the true light, it needs to be us. If anybody needs to uh, let that light shine through us, it needs to be us. If anybody needs to be able to forgive the unforgivable, it needs to be us because he forgave us. Folks, we sure do love you. I love going through the life of Christ. We're continuing on tomorrow. You don't want to miss this. And uh, just honored to have Kevin with me. Honored to have you guys pay attention and be part of this. We'll talk to you tomorrow. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.